<laughs> feel like I've, I'm weathered. What, 33 then? I guess for you it's the, the Bynum episode, Frankie. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Or oh, it's the Alan Iverson times two episode. Yep. Cool. Two AIs. Alonzo G. The Alonzo G episode. <laughs> Maybe it's an English-American thing. It was not an English-American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball. National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association. Okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, well, you see, because we're soccer fans. I right. shouldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. We're football fans here. We, we call it football. Okay. But, um, How many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce them? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in the swimmer. How come the swimmer ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Double Clutch podcast. I am Matt Smash, your usual host. I'm joined today by a fellow website writer, designer, whatever you want to call him, Frankie Hobbs. Hello. And reeling Sixers fan. And today we are joined by uh, two very special guests. We have, making his second stint on the uh, Double Clutch podcast, Mr. Tom Reed from Believe the Hype. Howdy ho. Joining us from uh, sunny Australia at, what, nine o'clock in the morning? Yep, nine o'clock in the morning, bang on time, as <laughs> usual. Love being that. Mm. And we have Mr. Nick Caro from NBA Nation Australia. He's the uh, founder of that website, so I'd urge you to all go and check that out. But uh, it's basically the similar sort of thing as to what we want to get started over here. Is uh, a big place for fans of, from certain countries to you know, talk about the game that we love. So hello, Nick. G'day, fellas. Thanks for having me. And uh, you were due to make the appearance on the Lakers podcast, were you not? But <laughs> we didn't get around to it at the end. I was, I was, but I was sort of in the middle of a whole bunch of uh, bunch of things that restricted me from doing that. So I apologise, but I'm here now. Okay. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't quite a, you were a bit of a restricted free agent then, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, sure. that's right, that's right. I had to, yeah. you know, just consider my my options and <laughs> make the right choice for me, you know. At the time, you know, the double clutch just wasn't the right option for you, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> no, but you know, Matt I mean, didn't want to pass the torch over to him. Yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> no that that hundred and eighteen million you guys were offering me just, you know, it wasn't an issue. You know, I could have made just as much with the believe the hype. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the bitterness is already here. We've only just, we're, not, we're not even five minutes into the show. So obviously, it's, it's the off season. We gave you our uh, off season podcast last uh, last week where we discussed uh, Dwight Howard and everything. But we're, we're not going to start with that, because every other podcast in the world seems to have started with that recently. We're going to kick off with Derek Rose. Um, obviously, he's been in London this week promoting his uh, new Adidas campaign. Um, what do you guys think about the return and the impact he, he's going to have on the league? I'll start with uh, you, Nick. Uh, well, it's certainly been a talking point. I'm, I'm getting a bit sick of you know it being, being a negative thing, this whole um, you know problem that people seem to have with Derek Rose taking it his time coming back from what's considered one of the most serious injuries you can have. I've always sort of been, I've been a huge fan of him, you know, for his entire career and watched him and, and loved watching him play. And I, I, I really dislike this sudden problem that people have with him not coming back before he feels ready. He's obviously going to come back and may struggle and he always had, but I, I'm looking forward to hopefully um, him coming back and being the player that he always was. And, Proving some people wrong too, because people just seem to be very, um, very dismissive of him at the moment. And such and such will happen before before Derek Rose returns and all this. I just find it very disrespectful. And um, you know, I, 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 I'm I'm pretty pretty uh, keen for him to come back. To be honest. What about you, Tom? Are you as pumped as a uh, Nickers for the return of uh, Derek Rose, the, the one man who can apparently stop the Miami Heat by himself? If you'd read ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say I'm pumped for him to come back. I'm, I'm excited that, that he, he's going to come back. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he's a great talent. He, MVP back in 2011, and um, you know, he's he's definitely a great player. And the Chicago Bulls team are, are just so much better from being in there. And, and the Eastern Conference is just so much stronger. But I guess the the question is, is after a year out and after the injury he had, 
what Derek Rose are we going to see out there? Are we going to see that the same Derek Rose that we saw who was cutting to the lane, putting his body on the line at every single possession, or, or is he going to be a bit more limited and so and restricted? That's sort of what I'm looking to see. Um, is, is he going to be 100% or is he going to be you know 80% of what he was? And But with this team that they've got around him with uh, Joe Kim Noah, Jimmy Butler, Luau Deng, if, if they end up keeping him, um, and uh, all, all these guys, you know, that is really going to be a, a really good unit to to really be able to contend in the Eastern Conference, which is just getting so much stronger at the moment with Brooklyn get on the rise and, and the Knicks still going to be amongst it and Indiana, who are probably going to be a lot better next year than they were this year, which is a scary proposition. Yeah, I think I think the fact that Rose is coming back is uh, kind of exciting a lot of people, especially over here in the UK, because he is... I don't know what it's like in Australia, but he's a massive brand over here. Like, I mean, Andy's mentioned before in previous podcasts, you'll go to, you know, Celtic and Rangers games up in Scotland and they've got huge Adidas Derek Rose billboards and things like that. And we don't tend to get that. I mean, even when the Olympics was on, we didn't really get huge, you know, Luol Deng billboards anywhere or anything like that. I mean, do, do you guys have an equivalent over there in Australia? Is there one player who sort of, you know, tends to be everywhere on television or on, on the billboards, well, etc.? I mean, I think considering that, that, not so much with the NBA, but mm. apart from your obvious sort of superstars. Yeah. But even then, it's not sort of to the equivalent where you have giant billboards and stuff. But I think now, um, with the sort of recent Kyrie Irving hysteria, sort of, <laughs> um, maybe it'll start to happen. And I think, you know, you've seen it a little bit with Kyrie, you know, him being here over the last sort of few weeks. Um, people have sort of started to, to take notice. And, you know, that might be seen as a, a profitable opportunity for, for companies to sort of hone in on, I think. Yeah, definitely, I think yeah. it's a little to bump up. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's going to be a turning point in terms of um, mar- uh, NBA marketing in Australia over the last couple of weeks because literally last week we had uh, Kyrie Irving here doing a massive tour around Melbourne, which got a lot of press and a, a lot of public attention. And then Andrew Bogut's still cutting around here. Luau Deng was here last year, last week for a, um, a, a South Sudanese basketball tournament in Melbourne. Uh, Tyson Chandler was here as well. He was up in Sydney um, for um, Hillsong, which is a church for their annual... Um, conference or something like that and so there's heaps of all these nba players cutting around australia and um you know they were all taking a lot of attention and a lot of media time yeah the crowds for rose's appearance in london yesterday were quite well Mm. quite phenomenal considering it's not a you know incredibly popular sport over here you tend to look at football and and rugby and sports like that as being the top sports but absolutely huge huge crowds for uh, for rose's appearance and it, it was cool to see especially because you know, we started this with the whole idea of helping expand the sport and you get, and then within what we started last July, so probably a year, but we haven't done a year's worth of shows, but within about a year, you've got Derek Rose on television talking about the NBA and growing the brand and it's, it's good to see. And I think Frank, you'd agree. No. Yeah. I mean, we, we love basketball, so we want to see it promoted in our country. And I just think Derek Rose is as much of a markable player he is because he's kind of got that underdog feel to him. That's why I think he's he's such a markable player. Like LeBron James, as good as he is, he's kind of overpoweringly physical and dominant. And um, so when you got D Rose, he's kind of that underdog that you all want to kind of see succeed, especially in a in a town which has seen the likes of Jordan. But then if you if you if you're looking at Australia, I want to bring up. Um, is it Dante Exum? Like you've got that star coming through next, which will help. Like in England, I think I think we need that one. I know we've got the World Deng and Ben Gordon, but you need that one player that's going to transform the sport and transcend it for this country. So oh, we're, claiming, we're claiming Kyrie Irving from now on. So oh, yeah, well. he's ours. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's all us. <laughs> well, we he, he's, gonna, he's gonna be he's gonna be the first Australian to win an Olympic gold medal in basketball. <laughs> he's just not gonna be playing for Australia. <laughs> Um, oh, well, you can have that, but I think England like, or Great Britain need, need, needs needs the um, style, which is actually our own, and not we're not going to steal them from America like 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 you seem hey, to. Hey, America stole them him from us. <laughs> he was ours. Yeah, let's not get it twisted, fellas. Come yeah, <laughs> just the same as Russell Crowe's is ours and not New Zealand's. You know. <laughs> oh dear God, we've even got Russell Crowe on a basketball podcast. You guys, you guys yeah, can have yeah. Rolf Harris though. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Nah, Let's not yeah, get he's yours. Paris with his National treasure. Thing. National treasure. <laughs> <laughs> no one in Australia <laughs> even know who he is. <laughs> get out your wobble board, Tom. 
I think we should uh, move on. I think I think we should move on very quickly. Yeah, if you if you are listening to this and you know and you're in Australia and you know who Rolf Harris is, uh, tweet Double Clutch Three with uh, hashtag I know who Rolf Harris is, just so we can <laughs> play. Anyway, and we'll have the uh, Rolf Harris podcast coming out next Wednesday if you want to tune in for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on from Rolf Harris, on to uh, another team making some funny noises at the moment. Um, the Dallas Mavericks have just signed uh, Monte Ellis for three years, thirty million dollars. Apparently, it's rumored that it could even go. Even higher, um, Frankie. You've got a lot to say about this, haven't you? I don't, you don't think this it's silly. This is so stupid. I mean, you've got the Mavs, and I mean, I know they've had a lot of cap room for a long time, but you don't waste it on a man like Monterellis. He, he he thinks he's a great shooter. He can't shoot anywhere near forty percent behind the arc. He's great when he goes to the rim. Doesn't go to the rim. He's great with the ball in his hand. Plays shooting guard. I just I'm not a big fan of him, and I think he's an inefficient player who doesn't fit in with the, the way the NBA is going. And for him to sign a three-year, thirty million pound contract, I, I wouldn't even mind to see him make, play, maybe play the point. And then they've stacked at the point guard position. He's not going to get the ball. He's going to moan. It's going to be like Milwaukee again. Poor signing. I'm sorry, Mark Cuban. What the hell are you doing? And they let OJ Mayo go as well. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the problem is maybe a little bit that the Mavs have had that much trouble signing free agents in the last two years that it's almost come to the point for them where it's like we need someone to inject something into this roster and be it Monte Ellis or or whoever else I think they need something I mean it's not like I, I'm not the biggest fan of him either but he did average 19 points last season with the Bucks, which you know isn't terrible um, only scoring 41% overall as you said and 28 from behind the arc I think it is but you know I think I think he can help Dallas the, the thing is with Dallas last season is they they didn't really. They didn't have an issue with scoring the ball. Really, they just couldn't defend to save their life. They just because got... Chris Kamen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they just they had no defense, and they've gone out and got a scorer, which is a little bit odd. I mean, I could like I could imagine someone like the Thunder going for someone like Ellis just because they need the extra scoring off the bench. But obviously, he's going to go straight into a starting lineup, isn't he? They're not going to swap him and Vince Carter in and out. And the thing well, yeah, is, really don't they have um, they have like three point guards already. Yeah, like they're pretty stacked in the backcourt, and I don't they know. Too, yeah, and I just think the, the, they they want to obviously give Dirk more help, but this this isn't the way to go because this just makes them mediocre. It it kind of takes them away from the Wigan sweepstakes, and it moves them into the eighth seed, and that's not where you want to be as an NBA franchise. You need to either be going for it or you need to be rubbish. Yeah, and I guess with with Monta as well. I mean, if you look at if you look at him, he's he's in the twilight of his career now. He's starting to decline. Like he had his his worst PR of his career last uh, since his rookie year, I think, last year with um sixteen point three, which is and um his worst true shooting percentage um since his rookie year as well at at forty nine percent. I mean, he's he's on the way down, but he's still taking more and more shots than he ever has before. And you know, that's sort of the guy that you know a, a franchise would only really go for if they're absolutely desperate, which. Really, Dallas have been because I mean, as you guys said, they've missed out on every single free agent Mm. forever. Like for the last few years, ever since they blew it up after their championship team with these lofty aspirations that everyone was going to go to Dallas just because they won a title. That's very Mark Cuban, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that screams Mark Cuban. That yeah, just this this notion that hey, everyone's going to, as you say, everyone's going to want to come and play for us. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Well, I, I'm pretty pleased with it, actually. I mean, as much as I don't like the move, it it, it takes another team out of the Wigan sweepstakes, so <laughs> all aboard the uh, tank train to Philly, Mr. Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> so off the tank train and onto another tank train, uh, Lakers. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Uh, they amnestied Kobe. Uh, they amnestied Kobe. Jesus, I'm getting muddled up there. They amnestied Meta World Peace uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And uh, he came out with some interesting tweets. He put, I'm retiring and playing hockey. Then he put, signed for just signed for the Kings. And then he put something about going and playing in China with uh, Yao Ming, which I believe Nick picked up on as well, which is quite amusing. <laughs> So, uh, what, what do you guys think about this? Obviously, uh, you two are Lakers fans. So, Frank, can you just be quiet for five minutes, please? And keep keep, keep your anti-Lakers stuff to yourself. You can come in in a minute and do the yeah, whole... Yeah, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you through an Andrew Wiggins mixtape, mate. And you can just sit <laughs> that for about ten minutes. So, uh, Tom, do you, want, do you want to get this started? Or what do you think about uh, Amnesty and Metal World Peace? Is this the right decision, considering he didn't actually have that long left anyway? 
Um, yeah, it's the right decision. I mean, it, it, it saves, what, about uh, $19 million um, in uh, luxury tax. So, I mean, that's always a bonus. We're, we don't really need him anymore. I mean, we're not a contender. We're not, no, we're not going to suck. We're going to be stuck in that middle ground. And so, I mean, there's really no need to have him around anymore. And it's just sort of, sort of a savings. And, and in terms of the cap space, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the, the right decision for the Lakers to do. Who are you going to play at the three? I mean, sorry to buy in, but... Swaggy P. <laughs> Swaggy P is oh, our starting three, man. Man, I am really looking forward to this next Lakers season. We're not going to win dick, but we are going to have such a fun team. We're getting all of the... I'm right the, all the back together from, from the 2008 team. It's going to be sort of like their six-year renaissance um, you know, party meeting. And then Swaggy P going to be leading the league in Instagram as well. And uh, it's going to be <laughs> such a great... He was even having a dig at Dwight as well, so he's already got half of Los Angeles on his side by just saying, why would you want to leave the Lakers in the first place? Like, just, you're an idiot. Well, he's right. <laughs> he can't blame me for that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick, what, what are your views? Are they the same as Tom? Or like? Any oh, pers- yeah, I'm, I'm completely on board. I, um, as sad as it is, because he is um, a, a huge personality and, and a big... Uh, a big part of what this Lakers team has been for the last few years. I, you know, I'm incredibly sad to see him go, but Tom's right. It is exactly what we need to do. It does save us some money. Um, and you know, I mean, he'll he'll either get picked up by someone else, or he'll he'll go and play in China, or for the Kings, or baseball. I think he tweeted this morning as well, and you know, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> well, you know, even, he's got his own record label. He writes children's books. Whatever he does, he'll be right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm on board with it. You know, anything that can save us money at this point, and, and Tom is right again, we're not going to be a contender. It's not like he can really help us that much. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to miss his defense because, you know, we, we, we have none. So, you know, mm. losing him is, is pretty tough in that regard. But hopefully we can we can find something else in, in Cayman and, and guys like that. So Do you- we will see. But, yeah, no, I'm, bo- I'm on board. Would you guys want to see him on another team? Because there were rumours of the Knicks. I don't know whether they're still in, in for him or not, but there were rumours of the Knicks. Or do you want to see, would you rather him retire you know, as a Laker? Oh, either way, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily bother me. I mean, he, he was a great Laker while he was here. He, he won a title. He had some big plays um, throughout that championship run and in the, the, the two seasons pro, um, after that as well. But, I mean, it, it, it's up to him. I, I want to see him continuing to play basketball. But if he retires, I mean... This isn't the last we're going to see of Metal World Peace. He's always around. He's always doing things. He needs to get on uh, NBA on TNT and be part of that crew. I, I still love the, the tweets he sent. Somehow, because, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I absolutely love him. I think he's an absolute classic. But, yeah, if we can sort of continue to see him in an, in, in an NBA uniform, I'd be happy, you know. I, I think the Knicks or, or the Nets would be great because it's his native, native state and his native town, and I think that would be awesome to see him retire there. But... You know, having said that, yeah, it doesn't particularly bother me as long as I can continue to see him in some capacity. <laughs> what do you guys think about Chris Kamen? Obviously, replacement for Dwight. Uh, <laughs> adequate for a year, adequate for a year, or uh, can you see him staying longer? <laughs> I, I, I want to I hear Frankie's thoughts first on this because he seems to have something he wants to say. He likes geeking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. You 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 have the mini mid level exception left, obviously, to to, to sign a player. And you used it on Chris Kamen in a position I don't even think you needed. You moved Powell to the five. I don't think he's a natural four. Move him to the five and bring in some 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 kind of legs on the wing because you, you you're not stopping anyone and you're not tanking because you're the Lakers. And I wouldn't I, I wouldn't go back to this world. But I wouldn't have even amnesty world peace because you're saving money on the luxury, but you can't sign anyone with that cap because you're not actually under the cap yet. So you might as well have kept them around. What does it matter to the Lakers? They made like a billion from TV, so you're, I think you might as well have kept them. But with Chris Kamen coming in, I don't think it's a great signing, and I I can't see the hype that a lot of deluded Lakers fans are giving you. Not you three aren't aren't deluded, but a lot of Lakers fans really think they can make a run at this, and it's just I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I unfollow a lot of Lakers fans on Twitter because they just really do not get it at all with um, how this team is, or you know think that that Kobe's going to win the title every single year, which he is great. He's not. He's not going to be back on opening day either. He's not superhuman, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Kamen's an interesting one. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy we got him purely for the fact that he's a he's a pretty funny dude. Um, not really necessarily for his basketball skills, <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, like like what Frankie said, it, it did. I did find it a bit surprising that they used the the minimum level on him because 
I thought that one one of the things where it was 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 going to be either Dwight or Powell for that five because now that Powell is getting a lot older, he is a lot more suited to the five position, in, and we do get a, a he's a lot more efficient there, and we get a lot of his best now out of him when he's when he's um, anchoring the the def- um, anchoring down low, and so that that really surprised me. So I mean, it looks like now Cayman's going to start alongside Powell, but I wonder how long that will last. I wonder if he'll start coming off the bench and they go with a smaller lineup yeah. depending on what other vet means they pick up. Do you think he will? Or do you think it'll be more of a, a Powell-Jordan-Hill combo down low <laughs> and came yeah, off the I, bench? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that too. I, I actually like that a lot more than, than the Cayman-Powell starting lineup. But, I mean, Jordan-Hill, we don't know what's... Uh, with injury-wise, we don't know how his development has gone, if, it, if, he's, if he's still on track to be the Jordan-Hill that we saw in, in patches a couple of years ago. The thing is, I like... If you, if you had, like, Powell at the five... And then obviously there's reports that um, what's his name Lamar Odom could come in. You could have like a nice kind of lineup there, like Powell and Lamar. But now you kind of just clogged it up again. I, I, I'm not I'm not on board with Cayman. Uh, I don't think I'll be watching many Lakers games next year, <laughs> apart from <laughs> the fact Swaggy P. I don't think you're alone, but it's still um, you know I think it could have gone a lot worse. And <laughs> <coughs> pardon me, I think. Um, if if it had gone the other way after Dwight left, I'd, or even if he stayed, I still don't think we were going to be contenders next year. Yeah. Um, and I think if we can sort of have one last year, just, you know, as people have said, bringing the band back together and, and having a bit of fun and, and, you know, throwing the ball around and just enjoying basketball a little bit before next summer, I, I don't have a big problem with it, and I don't have a big problem with us not being contenders as long as I can enjoy the basketball a little bit. Like, yeah. big, you know, for me, no, there's, there's very little expectation. There's always pressure in Hollywood. And well, Lakers basketball is always about two things. It's about entertainment and winning. And uh, throughout the, arguably throughout the, the triangle offense era, you know, we were winning, but it wasn't necessarily entertaining the whole time. Now it's going to be entertaining, but we're not going to be winning. So, <laughs> no, it's still, it's still Laker basketball, even though we won't be winning. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think Laker fans have to be prepared for that, you know. I mean, you can't just uh, expect it to be 2010 again all of a sudden, you know. And, you know, I mean, well, the Brooklyn Nets do. You know, well, Phil, you know, but I think like, Phil Jackson's not coming back. It's going to be a different offense. It's not, you know, it's a D'Antoni run offense. It's nothing compared to what 2010 was. It's a completely different system. You know, people just have to be prepared for that, I think. Laker fans are a little bit deluded. A lot of the time, I think. Yeah, it's that classic NBA system of, you know, you, you get to the top and then you end up getting, you work your way to the bottom again and you build yourself back up. It happens with, with all the great franchises. And uh, moving on from the Lakers to, to, to the other most storied franchise in the NBA, the uh, Boston Celtics. They obviously traded away Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to the Brooklyn Nets, um, well, on the 10th it was, so three days ago. And... Um, yeah, there's been a big article today, and I believe it was the Boston Herald from the actual Celtics themselves. They put it in there saying, uh, thank you, thank you for your heart, thank you for your passion, thank you for your sacrifice, um, thank you for playing through the pain, thank you for bleeding green, for honouring tradition, for an amazing ride, for restoring Celtic pride, for Banner 17. And it was quite a nice little thing for, for them to, to put in you know, their biggest newspaper and for, for these two Celtic legends really to, to see this and it was just a real sort of end of end of an era really I mean everyone remembers when the big three got together when you know Ray Allen joined them and Garnett joined them from Minnesota and they they became a real a real threat in the NBA once again and it, it sort of re-established the Boston Celtics as you know arguably the number one if not the second best team in the NBA and they they're now in the same state as the Lakers in, in the rebuilding phrase I mean do you think these guys are going to get jerseys retired, or is it just going to yeah. be Paul Pierce? Is Kevin Garnett not going to get one because obviously he didn't spend that many years with the Celtics? Oh no, Kevin Garnett will definitely get his jersey retired. He he was one of the main catalysts for them winning that title. I mean, when he um, when he was brought into that that system, that's when that's when everything turned around. And then plus, I mean, you look at all. No, everything that he did while he was there. I mean, I think he was all all defensive player. He went to all star all star game. I, I think pretty much every year that he was a Celtic as well. I mean, he's done so much for that franchise. He he will definitely have his jersey retired the year after he retires. Yeah, I agree. Same with Paul Pierce. I think they're yes. both. Yeah, especially Paul Pierce. Yeah, entitled and and deserving of 
of a Jersey retirement in Boston, for sure. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. any Celtic fan you talk to will defend Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to the death. And <laughs> I think I think that in itself, you know, says that, that the people of Boston and the fans will attest to um, the, those guys being honoured in that way. I think it's I think it's important that that happens. Yeah, definitely. The only thing with um, them doing the, uh, the only thing with retiring the jerseys is there's only like so many numbers left. <laughs> if you look at the uh, how many numbers they retired, like loads of them. Seriously, like one one day they're just gonna have to start like going from like 99. They're gonna have to go to like 100 and. <laughs> Keep going like 101. Three digits, yeah. Three digits yeah. on the back. Yeah, Jersey, that's all right. That's fine. <laughs> with, with the Celtics, I mean, what do you guys think of the trade? Did, did did you agree with it, or do you think they should have, you know, tried to patch together and go for one more run, or are they doing the right thing in this uh, rebuilding? I think it's yeah. I think I think they I think they needed to do it last last summer. Mm. You know, I, I well, you know, I I sort of commend them for for having the guts to blow it up and, and dive headfirst into a rebuild. I think last summer was the time to do it. Um, you know, but they were seeming, seemingly pretty confident at one more run. Um, and I, but I think this time around, you know, with Doc, you know, uh, taking the job at the Clippers and I think it was just, it just was, you know, bound to happen from the end of last season. And I, th- I think they're going to do okay out of it. It's a long way. It's a long road for them. I think it's going to take a long time. But I think, yeah, it's the right move. No, and um, I mean, the Celtics, they've uh, they've tried to rebuild through the draft a couple of times. Uh, we'll try to luck out on the number one pick. Obviously, in 97, uh, trying to get Tim Duncan. And that didn't work. They got uh, screwed over by the lottery, by the uh, ping pong balls. It happened again in 2003. So I think they're due one, which is why I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I think they might end up with Andrew Wiggins, so I might have to cancel my <laughs> Andrew Wiggins party. I thought you'd ordered his jersey already. Oh, <laughs> I might get a Kansas one, but that's, that's what it is. <laughs> so uh, moving on from the Boston Celtics to another team in the Eastern Conference, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, uh, they've been quite busy this offseason, I think it's safe to say. Um, they went out and signed Jared Jack and L. Clark, who was obviously with the Lakers last season. And uh, they're close to adding Andrew Bynum as well. Um, Bynum especially, guys. What do you think of that? I'm going to start with you, Tom, because I know you've been quite vocal about Andrew Bynum before, and not just in bashing Philly fans on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm really excited about this uh, Cleveland Cavaliers team, Bynum or no Bynum, with with what they've pulled together. But in terms in terms of Bynum, I mean, it's it's a really low risk situation right there i mean it's um what 20 24 million dollars over over two seasons yeah. in the in the uh second second season as a team option first year it's only you know six million dollars guaranteed so that's very little risk for the guy who when he's at the top of his game is the second best center in the nba and he's and he is you know, regardless of who you put out there even if he's not as athletic right now as he was two years ago he's still got the best post moves out of any center in the nba so you know um have him along with the likes of, of Kyrie irving and that that young core that they've got there building you know this is it's going to be really exciting to see how this pans out i think it was the right move for cleveland to do and it was a great move for them to do Clark, Clark and Jack are really good role pieces oh, as well yeah, to add. Like, you know, you yeah. know, we saw the impact Jack, Jack had off the bench last season for Golden State, and you know he came up quite big for them in the playoffs. And L. Clark last year was really sort of a revelation for the Lakers. I mean, going back to our first State of the Franchise show, which Tom was on, we we said he'd probably end up getting overpaid, and you know, look, he's gone, he's gone to Cleveland, and he, he's going to fit straight in there. I mean, he he is a good player, and they've now got a bench, arguably. Mm, and with Bynum, I, I don't know about this. Um, as a man that sat through the, the pain of having Andrew Bynum <laughs> in the roster, no, I mean, look, there's got to be a reason why he's only getting six million guaranteed. Um, a lot of teams probably had a look well, at him. He's such a liability. Well, yeah. and and if he can't work out, he couldn't work out. And if I was going to work him out, I'd ask him to work out two days because, by all accounts, he played. He, he actually he only played one scrimmage last year for the Sixers, and the day after, he like basically couldn't walk. His knees are arthritic. They're not going to get better. It's not a bad. It's not a bad shot at him. But I, I don't expect him to really play many games. But going back to the other two signings, love them. I love the moves that Cavs are making. Jarrett Jack. It. Um, he, he's a veteran. He can bring his uh, experience. He can handle the ball like like in Golden State. We saw uh, Steph Curry do some off the ball work. 
spotting up for free. So you can have Kyrie do that. He's a pretty good three-point shooter, as we saw in the um, Foot Locker free three-point contest. L. Clark plays three of three of the four. That kind of maybe like a him and Bennett at the three and the four is really cool. Maybe like a Thompson at the five. I really like that. And I yeah. just think I, I think they've they've got really lot a lot of flexibility, and I really like what they're doing there. Yeah, I think regardless of, of if Bynum plays 82 games, which is going to be highly unlikely anyway, even if he's healthy or if he plays zero games, I still think this is a playoff team right here. Yeah. If, yeah, if, yeah. if uh, health health pretending, um, health pending with their um with Kyrie Irving and, and some of their other guys. Yeah, it's quite yeah, amusing no, to see I'm, the winner of that trade, really, isn't it? From uh from obviously last season where Bynum ended up in Philly and Dwight ended up in LA, and they've all now moved on. And it's, it seems to be the. Uh, the two teams that nobody expected have come out as the winners, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the old Orlando Well, yeah. I suppose they, they've, pick up, they've picked up a penny from, and everyone else has picked up zero because they haven't really gained much, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, Christian Iyengar, as good as he is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vucevic was a revelation for them. Yeah, well, yeah he's all right. Little wins, little wins. <laughs> moral, moral victories I think they call it down there in Orlando <laughs> that's what they thrive on <laughs> Dwight's leaving says here Dwight's leaving Dwight's staying says here Dwight's staying how do you only score 60 points in the whole game and no wonder Dwight wants to leave in the whole game that's what I'm talking about Ryan Anderson LeBron should be the spokesperson for Rogaine think about it he has nothing to lose except more hair that's what I'm talking about Hito Chris Bosh so suspect Brooke Lopez and two first round picks for Dwight Howard what the heck why do we get rid of Doc Rivers? Can we trade Otis Smith? Can you can you do that? Big Baby, we traded for him. You better give us Darren Williams, too. We traded for Big Baby. It's confirmed. Dwight's leaving. Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, that was a good move. Can we fire Otis Smith right now? It's confirmed. Dwight's staying. Grant Hill was the worst trade in the history of all sports. We suck. I hate the Magic. And I hate the Heat. All those bandwagon fans. And I hate Boston. We are going to the championship. I don't know who I hate more. Boston or Miami? Let's go Magic! Why can't Dwight just make his own legacy? You don't need Kobe. You don't need the Kobe system. But did you see LeBron's dunk on John Lucas? Dirty. Ooh! Get wetted on! Did you see Blake Griffin's dunk on Kendrick Persons? <laughs> I don't know which was worse. John Lucas, please retire. I don't know why white girls like JJ Reddick so much. Kendrick Perkins, go home. I miss Courtney Lee. Why? Why did we trade Courtney Lee? Ryan Anderson is a beast. But why do we trade Courtney Lee? The new arena is amazing. Have you been? Just cut the hair off, LeBron. A headband doesn't do anything if it's all the way back here. You look ridiculous right now, LeBron. If Dwight just didn't like Jameer Nelson, we could have traded him a long time ago. Jameer Nelson's all right. Jameer Nelson is so garbage. I mean, he's okay. <laughs> Jameer, don't do it, Jameer. I hate all these bandwagon fans. I was there, okay? I'm talking about old school. Tracy McGrady, Bo Outlaw, Daryl Flash Armstrong, Penny, a.k.a. Anthony Hardaway, the original Superman, Shaq Diesel. I watched Kazam. It was a terrible movie. Pass the ball, Jameer. Dang. I'm talking Nick Anderson. Four free throw. Nick the Brick Anderson. I still love Nick, though. Because he stayed in Orlando. Give Dwight the ball. If Dwight Howard leaves, I'm going to buy a Dwight Howard jersey just so I can burn it. Give Dwight the ball in the post. I can understand Dwight wanting to go to LA. But New Jersey? What's in New Jersey besides Snooky? Pass it to Dwight. Dwight's wide open. That's why Dwight wants to leave. Shoot the ball. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Who is worse than Grant Hill? Just wait a while. JJ's going to be a real good player. You know, put yourself in Dwight's situation. He's just trying to do what's best for him. How you going to quit on us, Dwight? I'm going to tweet Dwight. We give up on the team. Hashtag quitter. Oh, three. Let's go. Dwight just tweeted me back. Now all of Orlando hates me. Let's go. Let's go. What? I'm sorry, Dwight. I will buy you two ice creams if you stay. We have Disney. Sit down. Sit down. Sit. Man, you know what? If Dwight leaves, I'll still be a fan. Let go. How does it taste? How does it? Oh. Oh. Be a man, Dwight. No, I don't care. If Dwight leaves, I will hate him forever. Where are you going? Where are you going? Slow mo. Slow. Oh. Game two, L.A. If Courtney Lee makes the alley-oop, we win the game. Dwight Howard stays in Orlando. We don't have to talk about this. That's what I'm talking about, J.J. That's what I'm talking about, Dwight. That's what I'm talking about, Ryan Anderson. That's what I'm talking about, he do, he do, he don't, he did. Woo! Let's go, Magic.
So uh, moving on to uh, Jared Jack's former team, the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, they went out and uh, acquired Andre Iguodala, which I think kind of shocked some people and wasn't such a big shock to others. Obviously, they were in the uh, the Dwight Howard sweepstakes, but he made it pretty clear quite early on via Twitter that um, he he wasn't going to join their organization, despite all the moves they were making to clear to clear cap space for him. Um, Iggy's arrival in Golden State. I mean, what do you guys think of this? What do you think impact wise? How good does he make this Golden State Warriors team? Are they better than they were last season? Well, look, they're going to be a good team because when you've got Iguodala's defense, you're, you're going to stop teams on, on the perimeter, and it kind of they can kind of just hide Curry a bit more on the defense, and because um, his his health isn't always the best, but he comes in as kind of a Jarrett Jack replacement in the fact he can handle the ball a bit. Uh, we saw it in Philly; he could play a bit of that point forward. So, I mean, I like this. It gives them defense. The only thing, I don't know what they're going to do with Harrison Barnes. Maybe maybe have him at the stretch, four. And then you have Bogut there. And then, yeah, I, I like the move because they've cleared cap anyway and they brought in a really good player. So they were going to either have to sign Iggy or Jack Jack and they've gone with Iggy because he's more versatile. And look, Iggy Dala, I've seen him play for many years. He's a fantastic player. He's not, he's not And he's not going to have to be the first option. So he's going to thrive. He had a good year in Denver. He's going to have a good year in Golden State. Yeah, I think he's a great addition for them. I mean, as, as Frankie said, their, um, their perimeter defense was was um, pretty limited throughout the uh, last year, which is, it was a big fault of theirs. And so Iggy, just you know, being one of the top three perimeter def- defenders in the league, just j- really strengthens that and really adds to what they're trying to do there with making a, a really um, up-tempo um, team stacked with shooters that also has some of the best defenders in the league there. You've got Bogut down low, you've got him up high. That makes them quite hard to score against with any guy out there on the court. So that's really sort of, um, you know, taken one of their weaknesses and has now made that into a strength. Are they legit contenders now then? Yes. It all depends I, on Bogut's health, I think. Yeah, um, Bogut's definitely the key for this team. I mean, you saw how much better that they were when Bogut was 100% healthy and um, uh, throughout that playoff run there. They were just a completely different team. And you know, it, it really does all come down to that. You know, Are they going to... He's, he's you know, still working his way back up to be... You know, the boger that he was a few years ago and so I can still see them managing minutes with him throughout the regular season to make sure that he can have another one of those playoff runs I'll tell you we what I've completely forgot about David you know I, th- I think his his performance in the playoffs recently was indicative of what he can do yeah. and if he if he can if he can replicate that next season alongside Iguodala their defense just gets so much better Plus, I, th- you know, I think I mean, Icky was the one player they kind of struggled with as well in that that series with with the Nuggets. He was the one player who always seemed to have quite an effective night, whereas some of the other guys on that team weren't really, you know, weren't shooting the ball well. But Iggy ten- tended to to average sort of fifty 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 from you know field goal wise, and I think he's going to really add to the, to them defensively, especially on on the perimeter. And that's one thing they they really need, especially with Stephen Curry throwing up all those threes every five seconds. Well, I think I mean, that's why they've done we it. We haven't even spoke about David Lee. Like, it's just—he's the forgotten man. He was an all-star last year. Like, I think they move him. Like, personally, I think you move him, you get you get some assets back. Because I don't think you need him. Because they were kind of better without him, to be honest. <laughs> as good yeah, as yeah I, I agree. It was a bit of a Ewing theory with with David Lee. There went as as soon as as soon as he got injured in the the first round of the playoffs. You know, they got a hell, whole lot better because he and Boga didn't really look like that they meshed too well together on mm. the court at the same time. And and I mean, uh, Lee is a liability on defense, but Bogut sort of sort of cancelled that out. But it just sort of and we w- when when Lee was out, you got to see how good Bogut actually is on the um, offensive end as well. And and so I think that they def- they definitely move him and they can make that bench a whole lot stronger than it is because I like the proposition of having Harrison Barnes at, at, um, at the four, uh, mm. like you said before, Frankie, over having David Lee there with this team. I mean, I still think Lee is the better the better four out of the two, but I mean, with this team and this unit, I, th- I think that's the play. I think they're going to match up better in the playoffs as well. If they end up playing somebody who's got a really, you know, top quality shooting guard like they did with the Spurs, then they, they're, they're going to match up so much better this season with, with Iggy there. It speaks oh, yeah. a lot for the depth, doesn't it? I mean, the fact that you can have a conversation about moving David Lee, <laughs> you know, I mean, it does say a lot about how deep this team actually is. And and they got to dump salary. Like, regardless of them not getting Dwight Howard, they still got rid of them them contracts, which weren't the best. Do you guys think Dwight would have fit in, or was that no. too much of a gamble? Yeah, big gamble. Big, big gamble. I mean, while he may have helped them, I think Bogut's definitely the better 
option there at the five um, for that team. Um, I mean, who knows? Dwight could go back to being, you know, the dominant number one center in today's game that he used to be. But I don't know that he would have fit in well with this team that has probably, you know, one of the best sort of uh, chemistries in the NBA. I, I, I don't like the idea of someone who's known to cause a little bit of discord coming into a team that's yeah. already so gelled. You know, that's the I thing with... Yeah, I think in yeah. basketball terms, it was it was the perfect fit for him because it was basically the the Orlando Magic team that he was a part of on on steroids. Because that Orlando Magic team is all based <laughs> around having uh, Dwight Howard in the middle and then just surrounding him with with three point shooters, which is then you know with this here, it's Dwight Howard in the middle, surrounded by the best three point shooters in the game today, and and two guys in Clay Thompson and Steph Curry who could go down as two of the best three point shooters of all time. So I think it would have been a, a really really interesting proposition to have have him there. In that regard, yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. Yeah, but that's just, that's purely when... that's purely on court aesthetics, not mm. the, the whole other package. Which I mean, with with Dwight Howard, you have to think about. Well, would you move? Then you've got to kind of move um, Boga and Lee. Cause, I don't know. No. Then then you've got a whole lot of moves to make. But when you can move for like someone like a Dwight, then you make the move, don't you? Mm. It would have um, only ever through a sign and trade, you know. Mm, and maybe yeah. And that would have maybe seen, you know, maybe Bogut, maybe Harrison Barnes, maybe Clay Thompson sort of head to the Lakers if it if it worked out that way, but it didn't, you know. I so. think Bogut's in his contract year this year. Um so he'll be looking yep. to prove his fitness, I guess. So I think that, that could work well for the um for the dubs. Could indeed. So uh, moving on to another guard, obviously um Lakerland's in a bit of a, a mess at the moment, as we spoke about earlier. Um Kobe Bryant basically coming out saying he's going to refuse to take a pay cut come off season next year. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Should it should he take lesser pay so that they can bring in more stars and build the future of the team he's around? He's going to take a pay cut. He, yeah, he, he, he will take a pay cut and he is going to take a pay cut. And he knows he's going to take a pay cut, but this is just day one of negotiation for the yeah. contract next year. I mean, he's 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 doing exactly what what anyone in any position would do and saying like no I'm going to take as much as money he didn't say he's, he's not going to take a pay cut he says I'm going to take as much money as I can that was his that was his words and it sort of got a bit misconstrued but um yeah I mean he's he's going to take a pay cut and but he's just trying to make sure that he can get as much money as he can and at the end of the day I feel that he'll be the last player they sign because they can they can still you know sign him to the max or to whatever they want to sign him to um still under um, and go over the salary cap if he's the last guy that they sign if they get whatever the stars they're going to get beforehand and then sign him to whatever they want and be in the luxury tax mm. yeah I mean I think it's that that whole thing you know it's a business and he's a businessman <laughs> and he's not going to he's, he's not going <laughs> to he's, he's not a businessman he's, he's, he's not magic <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to turn around and say hey you know I'm, I'm happily going to take whatever they give me because <laughs> five dollars take advantage of that you know he's got to he's got to do what he can to make his money but he will he will absolutely he'll take a pay cut and he should because without him doing that there's there's definitely no more rings you know it's as simple as that i think he cares too much about his legacy and the future of the franchise than you know to throw it all away by taking what that he should take do you think there's um a chance of it's a bit of a diversion, but do you think there's a chance of a, a Camelo Anthony or I, I certainly don't think LeBron James is going to be ended up in La La, but someone like that, how does that mesh with Kobe? Like, I, I don't see a Kobe Carmelo as a great fit. I don't know. Well, I don't think a lot of people do, but it would be about changing roles for Kobe. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't. It would. It would mean being that he's the older of the two. It would mean taking, I guess. A lesser role. Kobe becomes sixth terms. man. <laughs> well, no, oh, not, but it would, it would it would mean it would mean less scoring, and it would mean probably more of a facilitator role for him, which you know he's very capable of. But it's just so long as he doesn't revert, you know, to jacking shots and and not you know trying to involve Carmelo Anthony, I guess. But who knows? Who knows? I think it's, it's the right sort of market for Melo. I think he'd be interested in LA. Obviously, his girlfriend's quite heavily involved in, in, in within Hollywood itself. So, and it's not really gone right for him in New York. You look at the contract that Amari Stoudemire is on; they're having issues with that. There's rumours that you know he's told the head office, "If you don't go out and get me someone like Rondo, then you know I'm going to cause you issues next season." So, 
it's a, it's an interesting one for both the Knicks and the Lakers because obviously the Lakers are looking to rebuild and looking to bring in that future franchise piece and Melo could be the right one and we've seen Melo carry teams before but he's never really got as far as people would like him to especially with the the offensive talents he's got yeah it's a hard one it's 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 tough to sort of say without any conclusive evidence of it actually maybe happening but yeah Tom, Tom's being uh, very quiet on this. Have you got a, a player in mind that you'd prefer to see than rather than Melo? Well, I mean, Melo would be great to see. LeBron would be great to see. Chris Bosh would be great to see. <laughs> Dwayne Wade would be great to see. I mean, it's... Big but three. I guess it's, it's, still, it's still 12... Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins would be great to see. I mean, even though I'm sorry, Frankie, I, I believe he's going to be a Toronto Raptor, but I think we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... No, it's 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 twelve months away right now. I mean, we're in this free agency here. There's still a lot of things to happen on the way before we can start to to talk about you know, who who's going to be around for free agency next year. Because hey, ha- have a look. If the Knicks get Rondo and, and do become a, a a contender and end up winning the title, does Melo leave? No. If the Miami Heat uh, win the title, then obviously they're not going to leave. Those guys aren't going to leave or go anywhere. You know, it's a very good chance that they're all going to stick around. But if 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 something happens in Miami and you know there's there's a bust up or someone gets injured and they absolutely flop, you know, do one of them jump ship? So I I still think it's it's a it's a long way to go until potentially we, um uh, we can really look at who's legitimately around for the Lakers and and anyone else to start looking at next year. Yep, fair mm. enough. So uh, moving on to uh, Andre Kirilenko, he's been uh, all over the, uh, the uh, NBA news recently because he didn't accept his uh, was it ten million extra to stay in uh, Minnesota. He decided to leave the Timberwolves. He's now signed for the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, this has caused quite a bit of controversy. And we were speaking to Nick about it before we went on air. And um, yeah, a lot of teams aren't very happy with this. There seems to be some dodgy dealing going on. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal came out on ESPN today and said that the Knicks are better. Uh, the Nets are better than the Knicks. Sorry, and that's caused. Quite an uproar. Are, are they better than the Knicks now, or yes. do they need time to jump? About about the dodgy dealing, um, I actually know Andre Kirilenko's agent. He's an Australian guy, and um, I've I've spoken to him about this. I can tell you there was not a single dodgy deal going on there. You know, Kirilenko just thought that this was his best chance to win right now. So um, debunk all the stuff that's going out there on Twitter about this, but it's it's completely legit, um, and um, it's. Yeah, it's going to be um, you know really good. It's, they've got such a stacked team pulled together. I still don't think they're quite on the Miami level, but right now you've got to say they're in the conversation for the number two team in the in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're definitely better than the Knicks because you feel the Knicks have kind of last year was their their year really because everything went right for them in the end, like with um, Rondo going down, um, Derrick Rose going down. The Heat were kind of struggling yeah. a little bit in the in some of the playoff rounds, so it was kind of their chance to really make an impact and now you've got like Rondo well not, well, not the Celtics sorry you've got D-Rose coming back you've got Indiana becoming stronger the Nets are making moves the Knicks are kind of left out I don't think they'll finish top four yeah the Knicks are in a bit of trouble right now I mean with everyone getting better around them <laughs> they get Andrea Bognani <laughs> yeah I, th- I think the Nets were made to look a lot better than they actually are or, <laughs> uh, sorry were last season because obviously you had all those injuries are you, are you telling me that if Chicago didn't have Derrick Rose, they wouldn't have just blown past Brooklyn in that first round? I mean, they took it to seven with a limping, you know, half a limping team, Chicago. So That was just Tom Thibodeau out coaching, um, whatever his name is. I don't know his name is anymore. Yeah. PJ Collisman. With regards to the luxury tax and obviously their salaries, what do you think about what, you know, Mikhail Prokhorov is doing? Because he's going out and spending all this money and he's just trying to sort of build this sort of Russian imperialistic team that is just stomping around the Eastern Conference trying to destroy everybody. Well, he can do what he wants with all that money, but I think it's um, I think it's a little bit silly. You know, they're going to be $70 million <laughs> into the tax next, next summer, which will mean that if they don't, you know, they don't win a championship, they're in trouble, you know, and yeah, I don't think it's the smartest move in the world. You know, as I said before, look at how much trouble the Lakers have had being $30 million over the cap. You know, them being $70 million is just... Astronomical. I don't see how it's really going to work, but you know they've obviously got faith in their roster, um, which they should. It's not terrible, but I think it's I think it's a little bit much for what they've got. Well, the thing is, they they they're, they're almost in a win now. Almost they all they are in a win now mentality, and then they go and hire hmm. um, Jason Kidd as the head coach. I don't, um, obviously, Jason Kidd could be a good head coach, but he's never been a head coach. You'd almost want a Doc Rivers in there, like someone that's been around and seen it and could won championships. But with the Nets, like if you're spending that much money, which you can spend that much money if you want, if you you want to be guaranteeing yourself that you're near or thereabouts the championship, they still don't have a superstar player. Like they've got stars, they don't have that. They don't have that Kevin Durant, that that LeBron James, that 
to an extent, Derek Rose, to an extent, Carmelo Anthony. They don't have that top five player in the NBA. Let's let's just say at worst case scenario right now, I mean, for argument's sake, worst case scenario, they're the Clippers from, from the last couple of years. So they're, they're, they're a good team. They're a stacked roster that just couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs um, because of a number of reasons. And one of them being their coach, which is sort of the same situation that these guys potentially could find themselves in. So say if you've got them in a game six or a game seven of an, of an Eastern Conference semifinals against Indiana and um, Jason Kidd's just completely Vinnie Del Negroing them. Do you think that, that Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence Frank? That, do you think that Lawrence Frank then takes over and 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 actually sort of you know even for, for for stretches in that sort of situation or throughout this season takes over and and makes the adjustments? Well, yeah, I think he takes on the the idea of the he'll probably be like the brains behind the operation, and Jason Kidd will kind of be the motivator. Maybe mm. I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm I'm looking at this from because you bring in a guy like Lawrence Frank, who's a very respected coach. That's that's a good hire. I think that's that's just that's a saving grace for him. So yeah, I, I think Lawrence Frank will be the kind of X's and O's guy, whereas Jason Kidd will focus more on like the motivational talking and think like a bit like Mark Jackson, and he had like uh, people beside him that, that allowed him to come straight from the broadcasting table straight to the coaching. So I think it's it's good to surround yourself with people like that. So moving on to the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, they're making quite a big uh, run at things in this off season as well. They've gone out and. Uh, Made some trades and some signings. They brought in Darrell White, L. Watson, uh, Terrell Harris in a trade with the New Orleans Pelicans, I believe it was, and Robin Lopez from the Pelicans as well. So the Blazers now have a legit centre, and uh, Hickson's obviously gone to sign to the Denver Nuggets. Are, are Portland a legit threat in the uh, Western Conference now, and will they make the playoffs? I think they will. I mean, you don't just look at the signings they made, which were very good. Like, Robin Lopez is a serviceable centre on a, on a decent contract. Darrell Wright, I loved. I, I thought he was underplayed by Doug Collins. Then you've got to look at who they drafted as well, because CJ McCollum is going to come in straight away. And be, he's, he's an NBA-ready player. He's played in college long enough to know his skill set. It will come translate straight to the NBA, a bit like Lillard did last year. You've got Lillard improving. You've got... Uh, they they drafted another good two guard so Alan they, Crab yeah yeah Alan Crab and then you've got someone like Lamarcus Aldridge and they're pretty stacked really they've got a deep team now and I, I think the one thing which kind of prevented them to making the playoffs last year was that bench they, yeah they just ran out of legs in the end so this this means they'll put up a fight for that eighth seed along with like your Minnesotas and 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 your your Lakers maybe. They didn't really have a big shot stopper and like defensive rebounder, you know, go getter last year because Hickson was obviously a forward player in the center and it didn't really work out too well. So I think Lopez is going to be a real revelation for them because there were rumors they were trading Hickson, uh, not Hickson, sorry, they were going to trade uh, the Marcus Aldridge away and they they decided to stick with him, which I think is a good decision because he's probably one of the better power forwards in the league. So you bring in Robin Lopez, who's sort of the perfect complement to him, and then. You got Darrell Wright, who was a fairly decent scorer for the Sixers last season off the bench, and Earl Watts is not too bad either. So they, they've just got better, and they're young, and they're fun and exciting to watch. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Portland can make their way through the playoffs again. You've got you've got a little soft spot from Portland, haven't you, Matt? Well, yeah, because I, I, when I first really started watching the NBA, is in like religiously league pass stuff. It was the Brandon Roy Blazers, and I, I loved watching them. <laughs> constant amount of game winners and stuff I've never seen so much so much crazy enthusiasm from anybody in my life it was awesome what <laughs> <laughs> about the Greg Oden era <laughs> <laughs> well, well he, he's going to be he's bouncing back sometime <laughs> to someone we'll find out who but, um, oh yeah I believe that when I see it <laughs> <laughs> moving on from uh, one dodgy centre to another Dwight Howard <laughs> oh, oh dodgy <laughs> do we have to oh let's talk about Dwight come on let's do it yeah, so as I as I hinted at earlier um, about the amnesty and Kobe, Dwight basically apparently reportedly asked the Lakers to amnesty Kobe Bryant, and that would be the one re- the the main reason he'd stay in LA because that would become his team and he'd be the face of the franchise, which he was apparently promised by by the Bus family and and everyone involved with with the Lakers back office. Um, guys, Nick, I know you're probably quite strongly voiced on this. I'm I'm sure you've got something to say about. Dwight coming out and saying Amnesty, arguably the second best player in the history of the game. Whoa. Well, yeah, look, I, I, I've i sort of got a bit of a mixed opinion here because I don't think what Dwight 
actually had to say was conveyed very well to the public. <laughs> it I, never is. I, I, I don't know that he would have gone to the Lakers and said amnesty him immediately or or anything of that. I think it would have been more of a can you give me a time frame of when it might happen and you know, I want you to know that I'm ready to sort of take the torch from Kobe Bryant. Having said that, I don't feel like after one year, one subpar year where he didn't commit to the club in any way, shape or form, he's in any way entitled to ask that sort of question um, to, you know, Lakers management about an all-time great. I don't think that, yeah, he's he's, he's earned the right to speak like that and, and request that sort of thing. Um you know, I don't. I don't have a problem with him sort of requesting Phil Jackson as a coach um, and, and things like that. But to speak about, um, I guess, a man that is the heart and soul of LA, it, it, it was going to always going to get a lot of people offside. You know, and I don't, I don't think it's the right the right thing for him to do. But having said that, I think it's important that you know people don't get it twisted and understand exactly what he may have been asking for. Not you know, just the the reported amnesty him immediately. Who reported yeah. it? Was it ESPN LA? I think it was, yeah. Well, I, mean, I just saw it on the internet and thought it'd be... I think they're just point. stoking up the fire, aren't they, really? Probably. Because, mm. I mean... Yeah, I what, think... You go on, go on, John. Yeah, there's, like, apparently... Um, yeah, there was a couple of ways that could have said. I think that from what I'm sort of pulling like from what I've read and what I've been seeing I think it's more that he asked that he thinks that wants to he wants it to be a conversation and that that when he was in the, in doing his negotiating with uh, Mitch Kupchak no Mitch Kupchak was just openly saying to him that this is completely off the table like we're not amnesty Kobe when he just wanted to sort of have a discussion about it but then also like, that's one way that I look at it and another way I look at it is Dwight was leaving like he was he was always going to go to Houston and he was just you know throwing out ludicrous you know things like oh if you do this I might stay if you do this I might stay and one of those was Amnesty and Kobe knowing that no they would say no so that he would just then be able to be able to walk away and with them thinking that you know he's leaving because they're not on the same page not because he just really wanted to get the hell out of there who can blame him yeah no, no, I mean it, it was it was a bad situation for him. I mean, you know, as as much as I would, um, you know, as I'm a Laker fan, you know, he for him he didn't want to be there, so I can't hold that against him. It wasn't a team built around him either. They didn't really bring in any pieces to sort of yeah. help him out. I mean, an aging Steve Nash was one of the reasons that uh, he decided to join Houston as well. And you look at the Lakers, and they're they're just getting older and older. That's why someone like Swaggy P is going to be a, fr- a breath of fresh air next season. As It'll much as you may giggle. He's fun. He's fun. I mean, as much as I did not watch all 82 games last year, the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> the ones I did watch, uh, I watched sporadically. Um, Swaggy P made it fun every time he stepped on the court. Whenever I saw his name in the starting lineup, I always had to tune in because you never know what you're going to get from him. And, I mean, I, I say this a lot when I talk about Swaggy P, but that game against uh, the Grizz when he played for the Clippers in the playoffs uh, a couple of years ago, when they were they were down like thirty, I'll always remember that because he can catch fire. There's no doubt about it. Like on his night, he could look like a world beater. Then the next night, he'll look like um, he'll look like Montrellis. So. Yeah, on ESPN LA, there was a quite a funny video on YouTube. They're like comparing his stats to like a younger Kobe. It's like, oh dear God, don't even get, <laughs> don't even start. The thing is, Lake LA. Nation will eat that up, though. You know, of course <laughs> they'll love it. They'll love it. He's the next Kobe Bryant for sure. <laughs> Oh dear God! So, so moving on quickly, we're going to wrap this up because we know uh, you two are busy men, and it's probably getting on a bit in Australia, and it's definitely getting on a bit here. It's now ten to one in the morning, and I've been up since like quarter to five, so I'm a little bit tired right now. Um, with regards to the Western Conference, which team presents the the real legit threat to the Miami Heat in the East? Is, is there a standout at the moment, or is it too too early to tell? Probably too early to tell. I mean, it's 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 not been long since the season ended, you know. So I think you've still got to give the San Antonio Spurs and the Thunder their their credit where it's due. But I think you know the dark horses again will be teams like Golden State, you know, which will challenge and will contend. And I think it's teams like that which we we've really got to sort of look out for and and keep an eye on because they're only going to get better. No, I think the Thunder will. Um... I think the Thunder are being written off a lot, really, for the, from the West. Like, 
a lot of people are like kind of saying, oh, they shouldn't have traded Harden. Obviously, the, the Harden trade <laughs> shouldn't have happened, but we've gone over that. And now we're looking at a situation where last year, Russell Westbrook emerged as the top 10 player in the NBA. He, they were they were number one seed. <laughs> People forget this. If it wasn't for a freak injury, they'd probably be have been in the NBA finals. And they'll get fifty plus yep. wins again. Yeah, the, this team is very good, but they're not good enough to beat the Miami Heat. And I think the Miami Heat would struggle more against the Houston Rockets with that big man or a team like that. So I I, I think I think the Thunder will probably win the West, but I don't think they pose the biggest threat. I think Indiana from the East provide, provide mm. a bigger threat to Miami. Just yeah. yeah, and Indiana have got better as well in comparison to this time last year because they'll have Granger back and uh, Paul George is still young and he'll be getting a lot better. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be a, a completely different proposition this year to what they were last year with Miami. So, for me, they're still the biggest threat to the Miami Heat and because Miami just really don't match up well against them. Chris Copeland's quite a good pickup for Indiana as well. I mean, did you yeah. see the the pictures they put out of how they tried to persuade him? They put I like, put him on the front cover of like ESPN magazine. It was quite amusing. Like <laughs> proper like, proper front Sports Illustrated. That stuff. was quite good. I like that. <laughs> the thing is with the Thunder, that, they don't they don't match well with the Miami Heat. They're, they're just going to get eaten again. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think they're going to improve next season. I think you know they would have learned a hell of a lot from. They match up with the Heat in the playoffs, and I think they can they can definitely uh, go to the next level. Yeah, I'm with Nick. I think it all depends on who they bring in and what happens with Perkins, because you know they I might they might pull off some sort of trade where he goes somewhere, and they need they need a, a scorer off the bench. They need to fill that gap that Kevin Martin's gonna you know abdicate when he's playing in uh, Minnesota. So it's an interesting one. And uh, just quickly before we go, guys, got a little random thing for, for Tom and Nick. Um, if Mark Cuban had to buy a British Premier League football team, who would it be and why? I'm going to start with you, Tom, because you've probably had a bit more experience with regards to uh, English football or soccer, as you like to call it. Millwall, get us back into the Premier League. <laughs> we said Premier League. I'm, I'm sure we said Premier League. And I don't think the Millwall right. played in Premier League for, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, a Premier League club then. Um, I would like to see him own I guess Arsenal right. just just mix it up at Arsenal there a bit and you know get get that team finally exciting again because fuck they're boring <laughs> <laughs> Frank has mm. now banned you from this podcast <laughs> tune in on Thursday for the uh, We Hate Tom podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Nick, um, Nick what about yourself have you got as, well, as I don't I don't know a whole lot about football um, and I would have said had you not said a Premier League team I would have said Wigan FC you know Oh, they, um, they were a Premier League team. Yeah, win, win the FA Cup, blow up the team and, you know, go back <laughs> to the championship. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Mark Cuban could uh, could help them in that regard. But um, a Premier League team, wow. Um, I am going to have to go with Chelsea. Ooh. Um, just purely because they struggle with uh, coaching dilemmas. And um, and and could use Cubans, I guess um, <laughs> Cubans know-how and 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 you know maverick attitude. Excuse the pun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in that regard. But I don't, I, look, I don't know enough about English football to. Uh, no, that's fair enough. I, I just, I just good enough. Whoever, I'm sorry. Whoever um, Cuban uh, buys, can we also assume that um, Dirk Nowitzki is going to become the new Peter Crouch and be um, <laughs> sitting up front in, in the forward line in, their, um, in whatever club this is? Liverpool, I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> he, buys, yeah. he buys Liverpool, gets them back to like the top of the Premiership, they win it for a season, then he breaks it all up again. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like... does, does, does a Dallas Mavericks on him and completely ruins it, and then all the Liverpool fans sulk again. I think that would be quite amusing. And I'm not a Liverpool fan or, um, or anything, so I have no biasness in this whatsoever. I'd like to see him at Spurs, because he likes to get rid of all the good players. So. <laughs> <laughs> if he could go to Spurs, sell Bale, sell... Um... Well, they don't have many good players, but yeah. What is a Premier League team that no one wants to play for? Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. I don't know. Is there what? a Premier League team you want to play? Norwich. Oh, thanks, mate. Love Norwich. it. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, I don't know. 
It's taken us years to get back in the big league. <laughs> are, Nor- are Norwich even a fully professional club, or are they semi-pro? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I thought they like, only play on Sunday. This podcast is just taking the turn for the worst. It's going to be interesting. So before we go, um, Nick, do you want to tell everyone where they can find uh, you on Twitter and indeed your stuff over at Oz Nation? Of course. You can find us uh, at www.nbanationaustralia.com. Um, and you can find myself on Twitter at Nick Caro NBA. Um, yeah, come and check it out. We're sort of gaining a little bit of ground now and, and starting to get some uh, some good followers and um, yeah, having a lot of fun. So come and check it out. Yeah, we'll get a link up to that on our site as well when we revamp the uh, show get uh, show guests and friends and partner section. So we'll be sure to get a nice little pretty logo on there for our UK fans. And uh, Tom, what about you? Obviously, believe the hype. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you very much, guys, for having me on. First and foremost, I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, uh, Frankie Arsenal, um, <laughs> mate, I love going to the Emirates. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for taking that joke well. And uh, yeah, Norwich, Norwich for you, Matt. Um, yeah, good luck in the Premier League next year. I guess at least you're there. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, so find me uh, at Believe the Hype NBA podcast on which you can listen to on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and also we've just got if you've got Windows Phone, we've just got our own Windows Phone app now, so you can have the the podcast exclusively on that. And uh, also at BelieveTheHypeNBA.com too. So yeah, thanks guys. Wicked. Um, just before we go quickly, with just a thing I'm going to mention, we've got an interview coming up, a written interview going to go up on our website. Uh, with a, a guy called Mac, Max Frischberg, and he does basically basketball mixes for, for, well, he does them on YouTube, but he's a professional video editor, and he's done stuff for like ESPN True Hoop and Yes Network, and he's quite big and well-renowned with regards to doing that, so I think that was quite a, a nice thing for him to get back to us with. He said he's uh, he's going to get back to us after he's finished with Summer League, so uh, have fun at Summer League, Max, and we'll uh, talk to you soon, I'm sure. So you can find us over at doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk, <laughs> Um, facebook.com slash double clutch podcast twitter slash uh double clutch three uh you can find frankie over at frankie hobbs Frank, frankie underscore hobbs don't forget the underscore man you need the you need the underscore <laughs> uh you can find me at matt smashed and that's got one t in because i have seen people try and add with two for some reason and remember to get involved with the conversation using our hashtag nba in the uk so we'll catch you soon guys uh Pleasure talking to you guys as always, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, I'm with Kevin Garnett. We came here to see the big three, see how the Sonics were playing. Obviously, one of the better games. How has this worked so well so quickly for you guys, 12 and 2? In order for this to work, everybody has to uh, give in to what Doc's talking about. And Boots is an African proverb, very much like Celtic Proud, to which I can't be as good as I am unless I help the next person. And we've, we've bought into it. It's, it's, it's helping. It's working. It's working for us. You guys played very well tonight, but on the other side, the Knicks did not play well at all. Some people say perhaps they are quitting on Isaiah Thomas. You're a teammate of Stephon Marbury for over two years in Minnesota. You went to the playoffs both years. What did you see out here on the court from the Knicks? I don't know. Steph's different from how from when he was in Minnesota. Um, you just don't come out and quit. You know, you got to have a reason or someone has to make you quit. Um, I felt like we did a really good job of coming out with energy, jumping on them. You know, Q, Q Richardson has some, 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 some quotes in the paper that got us kind of amped up that Doc put on the board. So we was more than motivated tonight. But, you know, we're so locked into what we're doing over here in Beantown. I can't even worry about what they're doing in New York. Well, congratulations. Your team is fun to watch. Let's talk tonight. about this outfit you got on. That's, who, who are you wearing? That's not Celtic Green. Hey, look, straight up. You can't just grab something from the 1970s and try to bring it back. Retro is a look. Okay. Well, you're trying to bring back the glory of the Celtics. I was bringing back right, but, some of uh, As you see, it's working, and that is not. Thank you, Mark.